0: Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Daniel. My wife, Megan, and I are the location pastors here at Destiny Church, Nuremberg Region. We know that today's message will bless and encourage you, because the Bible tells us that the Word of God is alive and active. If you want to connect in with us, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, follow us on social media, or visit our website at destinychurch.de. Let's get into the Word. Today is the last um, installment of a series that we've started at the beginning of the month called Do Good. Everybody say do good. Do good. Um, we've been in this series and in alignment with the series and in alignment with what God is doing at Destiny, we've also been in the middle of a special offering um, and This special offering is specifically for the area called Love Our City. Some of you would have um, cards um, right there on your seats, um, and there's more information about this special offering. Today is also the last day that we're um, taking and talking about the special offering called Love Our City. Um, And the reason we're doing this is because as a church across Germany, we're multiple locations. We've recently hired on staff uh, a, a wonderful woman named Dani and she is from Rosenheim, but her role is going to be across all the locations coming and helping develop social action projects, what we're calling Love Our City projects, because listen, we don't wanna be a church that just sits in really comfortable green kino seats. For those of you watching online, you can't see, but there is now green kino seats in the movie theater, and they're uh, even more comfortable than before. We don't want to just be a church that comes and sits in green keno seats or on our couch. We want to be a church that is loving our city because by loving our city, we are showing the love of Jesus and preaching the gospel to the city, which is what we're all called to do. Not a professional, not someone hired on staff at a church. But we're all called to that. And so what we're doing is, is we're um, opening up these opportunities. Um, we've done some amazing things. God has already done some amazing things in this area of social action. We just had um, cri- uh, Christmas in a shoebox, Operation Christmas Child, where a-, a lot of you engaged in that. Um, I think across the locations, it was just uh, around 200 shoeboxes or 100 and something shoe boxes that was packed and we sent to uh across the world to to people in need to young kids in need and so god is doing so much and we've helped with organizations and things like that and we just we just felt at the beginning of this year that we wanted to see this area strengthened and even come um to a new uh, and, and open up opportunities for people so that's what this special offering is about because as we give into it financially we believe that we're going to see it expand and grow because the vision in it is so big the vision in it is so big listen um, you can go places for for us here oftentimes the vision there's so much vision and then the resource needs to meet the vision some places you go and there's no vision in the house I remember um, my pastor one time told me he said I was driving down the street and I pulled up to this kind of countryside church that was in the middle of the woods I saw cars there so I thought I'd go check it out I had a little bit of time and I pull in and I, I walk in and the service was ending and I asked the pastor I said hey pastor like what's your vision man what's your vision and the pastor because it was a country church he says, oh I got vision I got some vision you know and he's like okay tell me what's your vision and he, and he says, hey, I want you to, you, you see these windows? He's pointing at the windows in the church, which we don't have any. We don't have this problem. He said, you see these windows? My vision, my vision is to paint all these windows black. But my people aren't getting behind it. And he said, okay. He thought he was joking at first, okay. Um, why is that? He said, well, because when I'm preaching on Sundays, everybody's staring out the windows and not paying attention. My vision is to paint these windows black so everybody pays attention to my sermon. Sometimes you could go to a, to a place and it's void of vision. Without vision, people perish. Um, but can I just tell you, there's so much vision behind this. And you, I, I would just encourage you maybe to go back and listen to some of the, 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 the messages on YouTube and things like that. Um, we're still in the discovery phase of what we really feel like God wants us to do in this in this city and in Onspak as well. Um, so nothing is definitive yet. Anything that we've said is is merely vision, but it will be something um, along those lines. Amen. We'll give you an opportunity as well to give um, at the end of service if maybe some of you've been praying through this through the month of November and um, you've come with offering and things like that as well. Um, and just just to be clear, um, this isn't something we. If, if it is your first time and you're just coming around this isn't something that destiny does on a on a regular basis i think the last time we took a special offering was two years ago that way we are just communicating that because when we do that we mean it and we, we we really value what um is going into that and we really know that when there's resource behind whatever it is we're doing um it's going to take things to a new level amen okay So do good last installment of do good Um, this series if I could just say Acts chapter 10 is where we got this sermon series from it says this you know Jesus of Nazareth how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. This is what this series is about. Jesus went around himself doing good. Do not be mistaken that your role as a believer is to sit back and watch professionals do good. Or to sit back and watch a social action department do good. Or to sit back and watch a evangelist evangelize. We are all called as believers to do good, to preach the gospel. I'm not saying you need to stand up in your cubicle on your swivel chair and preach the gospel to all your colleagues um, and wave the Bible in the air and say, John 316 says, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is when you go about doing good and you bring some muffins to your colleagues and you serve your 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 workplace and you serve your neighbor and you love the people around you you're preaching the gospel because greater is he who is in you and it isn't an, it's a door that opens up for people to experience the Christ in us i don't want people to experience the destiny church i don't want them to experience Daniel, I don't want to, I want them to experience all these are mechanisms and vehicles for people to experience Christ. Amen? James 2.17 says, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. That's a pretty bold verse. Faith by itself isn't enough. Faith alone is isn't enough unless it produces good deeds it's dead it's dead what, what 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 could that look like sometimes we can come in an environment and the worship is going and we're singing jesus jesus you make the darkness tremble and we're like yeah darkness tremble in our city in jesus name that's the, that's what i sound like right when i come In the name of Jesus, darkness, tremble in our city. Darkness, tremble in our workplace. Heal my boss in Jesus' name. He's got anger issues. Jesus, I just, and we pray these things, but then when we go out into our city, we don't do anything about it. We're praying, God, change my city. And he's saying, you are the vehicle I want to use to change the city. You are the vehicle that I want to use to reach the nation, to reach your workplace, to reach your family. I want to use you. You can't just sit and have faith and pray about it. You have to be a willing vessel to be used. And if that's doing good, if that's serving people coffee, if that's going out to the, to the university in Erlangen or Nuremberg and giving out free Red Bulls because exams are coming up, and no, and none of the university students can stay awake? And you can preach the gospel that way? and do it that way. But we're going to do good. Do good. We're going to preach the gospel by doing good. I love in Ezekiel when God speaks to Ezekiel. to, he's, he, he takes him to a, the valley of dry bones. And it says prophesy to these dry bones. Prophesy life. And they came to life and there was an army. He didn't say ezekiel sit at home and prophesy ezekiel sit at your routine and prophesy sit in your comfort zone and prophesy he took him into the valley of dry bones and said prophesy life god wants to use us to speak life into our situation i want to talk to you today on this subject of beacons of hope beacons of hope the church Should be a beacon of hope. We should be a beacon of hope. Matthew chapter 5.14 says. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill. Cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world. We as a church. Should be beacons of hope. Into our city. Can Can I just tell you that. One of the main themes and even one of the highest Google rankings after Corona was this word hope. There are people in our world, there are people in our workplace, there are people on the other side of of our desk. There's people that are living next to us that have lost all hope and they're out searching for it. They're looking for hope. They're desperate for hope. They're desperate for somebody to come and say, I've got an an answer. I've got something. And and so often Christians and Christianity sits behind and we keep our hope to ourselves. We keep our hope to ourselves. People are spiritually desperate dying inside and we have a light inside of us that should not be hidden that should go out into the world and should say i have the answer you can look there you can look there but i have the only answer i have christ jesus who is the hope of the world living inside of me behind every good work that we do as a church behind every Packing of a shoebox. Behind every serving of a coffee or serving of food. Behind every work project shoveling mud out of a house that's been flooded. Is the life transforming gospel inside of us. On the other side of doing good should be the life transforming gospel that lives in us everything that I do to extend my hand to do good should be about leading people to Jesus. Everything I volunteer for, everything I get involved, it should be about leading people to the life-giving hope of Jesus. Listen. It's not just the good work that I do. It's not. There's, there's many organizations doing great things that don't know Jesus. But can I tell you that a light. A lighthouse. Without a light. Is not a lighthouse. A lighthouse. Without a light. Is not effective. If we're going to say we're a lighthouse. And our light's off. Christ in us then what are we doing we carry Christ inside of us we're reaching our hands so that people can experience hope I have to be careful now because I don't know how this happened but at my kids kindergarten everybody now knows I'm a pastor sometimes if I could be honest I like to keep this secret you know because people have preconceived notions and things like that and then at every school event oh he'll pray for us he'll lead the prayer i'm like come on guys i just want to eat they found out i'm but so i have to be careful at the kids kindergarten because because they're dealing with my kids and i love my kids and i get passionate about my kids and i and and oftentimes, I have, to, I, have to, I have to do the right things so that I can show them what it looks like to have Christ inside of me. I've got to bring them donuts every now and then to keep them sane, but also to show them, hey, listen, this isn't about me. I want to serve you. I'm here to serve you. I remember when I was a youth pastor, uh, I had this, this conviction. We would go around to the schools and go to the to the lunches, the school lunches. And we would just like uh, meet me and a couple youth leaders. We would just go high five youth. Be like, what's up, man? You know, hey, Pastor Daniel's in the house. What's up? You know, like that was me. Um, I've changed. I've been transformed since I've been here. Um, but I was that guy, you know, I was like that youth pal. What's up? You know, and um, so we would go up into the schools and stuff like that and walk in the halls and, and, and talk to teenagers and things like that. Uh, And um, I remember one uh, Wednesday, I was there. I watched all the lunch ladies in between. There was different waves of lunch. There was about four different waves. So I was there for a few hours as different kids would rotate in. And in between the waves, I saw the lunch ladies. They had about 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And there was probably 80 tables in there. And they had 10 minutes with scalding hot water. And they would go wipe these tables down, you know. And for the first few weeks, I'm just kind of sitting there like, you know, watching them and being sweet and nice. And I and I felt God speak to me, said, you need to serve in the place before you're known in the place. You need to serve in the place before you're known in the place. So because I look so young and handsome, I grabbed a rag and started doing these. And they thought I was a teenager in trouble. One of the ladies said, what did you do? You know, like the que- like the question that, that that you see in 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 movies that they ask in prison, you know, what you in for? What you in for? They said, what you in for? I said, you don't want to know. <laughs> and uh, and so I just felt this. Convi- I would just go wipe table. It was it was a simple act, but can I tell you? Not only not only did that unlock doors for the gospel physically because i got to intermingle with these lunch ladies but it also supernaturally god began to open up doors and we had meetings with counselors and i was now i was in meetings about the direction of counseling in the school this was a big deal and i was it was opening up doors for the gospel only because i humbled myself and said i'm gonna wipe a table down and i love doing it It was satisfying we carry christ Everything that we do is carrying Christ. So maybe, 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 maybe you need to hear today you need to serve in the place before you're known in the place. Maybe today you just need to understand the simple Christian leadership principle that servant leadership is more valuable than positional leadership. And that maybe you've been looking for a promotion and it's all been about you and your career. But what happens when you actually get down with a servant's towel and serve somebody next to you, even though it might feel like, oh, I'm I'm superior to them, um, but I'm going to serve them. Can I tell you what's going to happen? People are going to see the Christ in you, even if they can't identify that it's the Christ in you, even if they don't know that that's Jesus, um, they're going to they're going to see it on you. And then later they're going to ask questions because they know you care about them and what you're doing is is you're leading them to jesus we carry christ in us people are searching people are searching for what the church has and we shouldn't let it go dim we read earlier psalm 139 that says if i say surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night even darkness is not dark to you and the light and the night is as bright as the day darkness and light are alike to you I can spend my I can spend all my time trying to make life better trying to make the world around me better but I have the light of Jesus living inside of me that is the answer that people are looking for that no darkness can overcome but the light overcomes the darkness and he lives inside of me and I know him and you know him I'm not qualified enough. I don't care. You know Jesus. I'm not a I'm not extroverted. I don't care. You know Jesus. I'm not introverted and organized. I don't care. You know Jesus. I I don't even have one Bible verse memorized. I don't care. You know Jesus. I I, I never went to Bible college. I don't care. You know Jesus. You know Jesus. Oh, they're way smarter than I am. They know about all this and that. I don't care. You know Jesus. The same Spirit who rose Christ from the dead lives in you. We are going to be beacons of hope. That means we're going to be a place of restoration. A place of restoration. A place. Listen, if I could say it this way hey, the church, the church is a hospital not a library the church is a place that should be a place for people to come and be restored for broken people you shouldn't have to sit in these seats hiding the stuff going on in your life you shouldn't (laughs) you shouldn't have to sit and come on a sunday morning or to a small group hiding what's going on in your heart because you're afraid that what you'll look like is not Christian enough. This is a place where broken people are healed. We are going to be beacons of hope where the lost can be found, where the hurting can be restored, where marriages can be restored, where a where broken hearts of pain of what's happened in somebody's childhood or along the journey of life where people can be healed and restored. This is a place of restoration. Jeremiah 30, 17 says, I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. When people encounter the light in you as beacons of hope, they're meeting the one who can restore them. And as a church, we're going to be a hospital. That You know what that means? There's going to be people different than you. There's going to be people that even culturally you wouldn't normally talk to. There's going to be people that are like, what are they doing? What are they doing here? Because this is a place for the broken, for the lost, for the hurting. This isn't a country club. This isn't a clique. Huh. <laughs> Where you you don't sign up for membership, you don't subscribe here. This is a place where people can come and be restored. I'm gonna take your silence as you're pondering this. Restoration is what God wants to do. It's it's a biblical theme. It's a biblical theme. It's it's restoration that provides a foundation for us to understand what god is doing in the church because we see god's original plan and if you read through scripture you see god restoring us into his original plan so the moment that you think you're perfect you got it wrong the moment that you think that you're not that you're you're restored already you're good to go you've got it wrong we're on a journey of restoration it's called sanctification he is sanctifying us. He is healing us. He's doing something fresh in us in our in our. He's healing our body, he's healing our soul, he's healing our mind. He's healing us. He's healing us. Listen. Counseling, therapy, that stuff is is great. Even Christian counseling But it is the power of God through the Holy Spirit that transforms people. You can behavior modify, but you can only be transformed through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be a place where people can be restored. Amen? We're beacons of hope. It also means we're a place of truth without compromise we're a place of truth without compromise think for a moment about a lighthouse as I mentioned earlier a lighthouse is in the same spot at all times it never moves it never goes anywhere it stays in the same spot because if it didn't then there would be no way for it to do its purpose of warning oncoming ships that the rocks are there and so a lighthouse has no compromise it doesn't move, it's not shaken in fact it sits on a foundation that is not moved and that is not shaken and as a church we stand upon a foundation that is not moved and is not shaken the foundation of Jesus through his word and so if we're going to be beacons of hope, not only will we be a place of restoration, but we are going to be a place that preaches, communicates the truth, the full gospel. Romans 1.16 says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. For the, First the Jew and then to the Gentile." I am not ashamed of the gospel. I used to think that that means, that meant, oh, I'm not afraid to stand up and tell people about Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'll tell anybody. Yeah, I'm unashamed. But really what it's saying is, is I'm not ashamed of the full gospel. I'm not ashamed of the full truth. Because sometimes we like people to hear the parts of the gospel that are relevant to the culture today. And we ignore the parts of the gospel that might offend. But if we're going to be beacons of truth, we're going to be a place that communicates the full uncompromising gospel of Jesus Christ dead buried and resurrected for your sins that when you submit to him and repent from your sins and turn from your sins that you have salvation in him and a life and a life more abundantly and you have sozo you have healing and wholeness in your life we're going to preach the full gospel of jesus as a church because i think sometimes what we do as a church is we we like to shine our light, but we think in different settings, we kind of do this feature like iPhone has. I'm going to keep it kind of dim because I don't know what they're going to think of me. And sometimes in the church, we, 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 it can be easy to, we don't want to offend anybody because we like, we like it when the, the numbers are full. Can I just be honest? But God isn't calling us to dim our light, to compromise on the light, to compromise on the truth. He's calling us to extend truth, to be beacons of hope that sit on a foundation, unmovable and unshaken, not because we're right and you're wrong, but because we're staying here because people are running aground, ships are running aground, and we're going to shine our light as bright as we can uncompromisingly so that people can be saved. So that people can be healed. So that people can be restored. This is a place of uncompromising truth. We will not water it down. Are we perfect? No. Are you perfect? No. Am I perfect? No. But our heart is to stay true to the full gospel. This is us as a church. This is a challenge to you. Despite how culture shifts. I'm just bringing us back to this picture of a lighthouse. Tides go in and out. Storms come and storms go. Things change. But a lighthouse stays fixed upon the rock. And a lighthouse's most important feature is the light at the top. And if it goes out. It doesn't become a beacon of hope anymore. It becomes a place that is dangerous. It becomes a place where people can run aground. We're going to speak the full truth. Worship team, you can come. We're going to be a beacon of hope. We're going to be a place where people can be restored. We're going to be a place where we speak the full truth. Can I tell you one thing that, see, we moved here four and a half years ago to be a part of destiny, this calling here to Germany. And um, one thing that I so value and have valued about destiny as a church is that the leaders of destiny from the top down are constantly saying, we're, when we're in meter, uh, leadership meetings, when we're in big discussions, I, I sit on a team that's, uh, that, that's in Glasgow, Scotland, as well, for the, with the leaders that uh, make the decisions for the uh, entire network. And every meeting I've been in, there's always been some form of, okay, we're talking about this, talking about that. But we somebody always says, guys, what does the word say? Even if it feels like something simple, even if it feels like something, oh, that's just operational, what does God's word say? What does God's word say? And then to even say, oh, hey, listen, we've done this for this way for so long because this was our conviction, but let's revisit that and let's go back to God's word to see what it says. Because the last thing that we want to do is compromise on the truth, to compromise on God's word. Can you stand to your feet and... We'll close. We're going to be beacons of hope. Um, I, I think just since I've been here this morning, I felt that there was this, um, uh, like a weight, like a weight. People's minds and somebody's heart—a weight that you're carrying. I felt that um, that even this message today, beacons of hope—you you feel as that person. I'm desperate to sit in a place of restoration. I'm desperate. I feel I've lost hope, I feel like I've lost vision. I need, I need somebody around me to shine light again so that, so that I can remember how to shine light. And I just want to say to you today that Jesus is present. Holy Spirit and His presence is here. And He wants to know you. He wants to do life with you. He wants a relationship with you. He's even been sitting back saying, I want to heal the wounds. I want to heal the places. His heart breaks when you're broken. And He moves towards you. And He's never left nor forsaken you. Eyes closed today. If you're in here and you say, I want to come back to Jesus today, I want to rededicate my life to him. Or maybe you've never in life, even if you grew up in church, but maybe or maybe you've never been to church. This is your first time, and wondering why are we doing this in a movie theater? You're saying, "I I want to make a decision to know a Jesus that restores, that calls me to a higher standard of living so that I can live full and so that I can live free. The Bible says that when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That He is Lord. It requires me to surrender. I told my seven-year-old, When he gave his life to Jesus, I said this, you know what this means is that you're going to, it's the three L's. What you're saying when you give your life to Jesus is I'm going to love you. See, love is unconditional. Despite what's going on in my life, my love is towards him. I'm going to love him. I'm going to listen to him. And I'm going to live for him. I'm going to love him. I'm going to listen. Because not everything he may say to me is exactly the way I want to do it, or the way I would do it, but I trust in him that he has the best intentions. And so I'm going to listen to him. I'm not going to be, I want to be obedient to him because he is Lord, he is Lord. And I'm going to live for him. My life no longer is going to be directed towards my plans and my purposes. But rather, it's going to be directed to the kingdom of God because his word says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. It's when I seek him first that that now I'm seeking his plans that are way better than my plans could ever be. Even if I may not know it in the moment, I seek him first. I'm going to live for him. With our eyes closed today, if that's you today, you say, I want to come back to him today. Or I want to know him for the first time. Can you just lift a hand? I want to pray for everybody in the room today. If you say that's me, I just want to know who I'm praying for today, who we're going to be praying for. Lift a hand and say, I want to come back to Jesus. I want to rededicate my life to him. Or I'm coming back to him for the first time today. Online as well. Can we pray today together? Say, Jesus, I'm coming to you. As the Lord of my life, I surrender to You. Thank You that You died to forgive my sins. I turn from my sins and I surrender to You. Thank You, Jesus, that You rose from the dead and You live in me. I'm going to live for You I'm gonna listen to you, and I'm gonna love you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're gonna worship, and as we do, uh, I'll be available if anybody needs prayer for anything. Again, this is a this is a house of restoration. Nobody's perfect have some availability for prayer if you need prayer for anything we'd love to pray for you Our, we, I've got faith today and as the, as the team worships as well um, this is the last Sunday we're doing it this way but we're taking a special offering if, if God is stirring on your heart to sow into this to partner with us in this to see this social action project move of Love Our City So we can even be greater beacons of hope. What a great time to give. As we sing in worship, we can give in worship as well. And you can do it multiple different ways. Okay, it's going to be there on the screen. Um, But they're on your seats as well so that we can show the the lyrics on the screen in a minute. But you can scan the QR code, give cash today or transfer or PayPal. Um, God is going to do so much through it. Let me pray over the offering today pray over you and then we'll worship together and close Father today we thank you that as we sow we reap as we give we give with with joy not obligation today we give and we sow with expectation that you are going to multiply you are going to bring about miracles when our hands are open towards you, you're going to see, we're going to see this area of Love Our City come to a n- new level that the community will know that destiny is here, making the name of Jesus famous in our communities through doing good. And so, God, we pray today that you bring about the resources to see this take place. God, today I just thank you for everybody in this room and online today. Thank you, God, that you are a healer and that you restore. In my heart, I just, I just believing in restoration. You do, you restore the brokenhearted. You bind up their wounds, and I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. Can we give Jesus a shout of praise today?